Well, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Reverend Cassandra Ray. There you are. Here I am. I'm the spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in White Rock, and we're an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in the Metro Vancouver, Lower Mainland area of British Columbia, Canada. And we create sacred opportunities for personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholehearted experiences of truth and spirit. Wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. And I am so grateful to welcome you into spiritual community this day. As we begin our gathering, I would like to respectfully acknowledge that I live and work on the traditional and unceded territory of the Coast Salish First Nations, including Kwikwetlem, Tsleil-Waututh, and Stalo First Nations. We thank the First Nations who continue to live on these lands and care for them along with the waters and all that is above and below. And now I invite you to let everything else go and to mute, silence all those noisemakers. I'm doing it myself. <laughs> silence all the things that make noise and distract you if you are able to. And to just be here now, right here with us. So let's anchor our time together in prayer. I invite you to turn within and just taking a deep cleansing breath and letting go and letting yourself be here now in this unfoldment of spirit, this infinite intelligence of love and peace and wholeness that is the source of everyone and everything. I recognize that this amazing universe is an outpicturing of this one source, this one mind, this one power, and everyone and everything shares this common source, this common energy, this one life. And so I recognize that my life is an individual, unique expression of the divine. And as such, there is a flow of power and creativity that I can harness in this moment, recognizing that each one present here is an expression of this one life. I recognize that we come together in divine community that is blessed and a blessing to each one of us that there is an energy that is created by coming together that provides healing and love, that provides connection and an opening and expansion of opportunities. And so just knowing that each one of us benefits from this time together, I step into an open-hearted gratitude and gratefulness for each and every one that is here. For each and every one that is a part of creating this time together, and for each one that participates and receives the gift of this time 
knowing that we are all in some way, shape or form nourished by this time, I just give such deep and profound thanks for the presence of each person here and the blessings that flow from this presence. With a full and open heart, I let go of these words of this prayer, letting God, letting spirit, letting it be. And so it is. Mm -hmm. ah, it is so good to be with you all today. And uh, we are fully blessed by having live music every Sunday. Today, we get the wonderful, amazing, awesome Ranch Singh. Yay! He, he has just such an, a, a unique, delightful blend of music that he refers to as Indo-Canadian folk. And he, he makes music with such a unique, distinct, you know, Indian Western flair that draws on his love for the guitar and for rock music and heartfelt lyrics. He takes all of these things, he puts them together, and we call it amazing. Thank you, Ranj, for being here with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. It's a song I wrote called Everything's Okay, because everything is going to be okay. Lost my job yesterday Bills are piled up unpaid Car broke down on Maple Street The long walk home don't bother me Cause everything's okay Leaking again. My dogs jumped over the fence. Neighbors banging on my door. He don't like me anymore. Have you seen my left shoe? Library books overdue. I see your smiling face And all my problems wash away Everything's okay Everything's okay Everything's okay Everything's okay
my job yesterday Think I'll sleep in all day I see you're dreaming peacefully I touch your face and I can feel Everything's okay Everything's okay Everything's okay Everything's okay So wonderful to be blessed by your music, your voice, your presence. Thank you. In the last few years, there's been an awakening happening within spiritual communities across the world. And, you know, awakenings, that, that, that sounds like yeah, like sunshine, right? Like, yeah, let's have an awakening. Um, sometimes though, awakenings kind of wake you up to something you you had been unconscious of. And it, it it's not always sunshine and rainbows, right? Um, spiritual folks used to be able to kind of live in, in a bubble of positivity. And, and that bubble has popped <laughs> for better, for worse, for love, for discomfort, for all of it, for humanity, the bubble has popped. And, you know, we're starting to see injustices happening in the world. Um, they've been there. We just haven't always seen them, been conscious of them. But now, you know, we cannot turn our an, ourselves away from when we see discrimination or oppression, violence, or, or even death of, of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. You know, it's been a pretty disturbing awakening. And it should be disturbing because it is disturbing. And, and, and we are all as individuals and as communities grappling with the question, you know, what is mine to do? And it's not easy. And I personally have been asking, you know, what is the role of spiritual community with social justice? And how do we use our spiritual principles to bring about social change? These are things I think about every day. And when I think about spirit, the, the spiritual work um, of social change, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. definitely comes to mind. You know, using his faith, he wrote the six principles of nonviolence and the six steps for social change. And he also popularized the concept of the beloved community. According to the King Center's website, let me pull that up for myself. There we go. Um, Dr. 
um, Dr. King's beloved community is a global vision in which all people can share in the wealth of the earth. In the beloved community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice will be replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. In the beloved community, international disputes will be resolved by peaceful conflict resolution and reconciliation of adversaries instead of military power. Love and trust will triumph over fear and hatred. Peace with justice will prevail over war and military conflict. Ooh, that is powerful. And when you look at the Center for Spiritual Living's global vision, you will see a similar vision to the beloved community. They're, they're like right in line with one another. And I wanna read you um, a short section of, of the CSL global vision that says, we envision a world in which we live and grow as one global family that respects and honors the interconnectedness of all life where personal responsibility joins with social conscience in every area of the political, corporate, academic, and social sectors, providing sustainable structures to further the emerging global consciousness. That's a lot of words, but essentially what it means is, is that along with Dr. King, we are also looking to build the beloved community. And so today we're looking at the power of community in helping us realize our personal and collective intentions. So Kathy Beasley from the Central Florida Center for Spiritual Living wrote about this, about, you know, this coming together of CSL with the beloved community. And here's what she had to say. The beloved community unfolds as a divine tapestry of truth, light, compassion, and love, all woven together with threads of hope and faith. I contend that we are woven together by divine intention, fueled by beauty, imagination, commitment, creativity, humility, compassion, and sacrifice. Beloved, if a beloved community of divine proportions is to ever exist, we must be willing to give up our perfected individualism for the sake of a love that is made known as the communal we. Whoa. <laughs> What does it mean to give up our perfected individualism for the sake of a love that is made known as the communal we? I mean, let's just start with our prayer work. You know, we practice a specialized form of prayer called spiritual mind treatment 
And as a minister, I have had years of training and practice around how to use treatment to change my thinking and change my life. And this kind of prayer is powerful and transformative. I use it every day. And I've experienced healing on so many levels. Well, in the Science of Mind, on page 494, Dr. Ernest Holmes tells us the secret to the power of treatment. You ready for the secret? Here's the secret. Whatever the mind holds to and firmly believes in forms a new pattern of thought within its creative mold. As whatever thought is held in the mind tends to take outward form in new creations, this is the secret and the whole secret of the creative law of mind. Whatever you hold to and firmly believe in. So it's exciting and empowering to use the creative law of mind to heal your body, heal your mind, heal your heart, and experience something new. It opens up possibilities and instills hope. And while our focus is generally on our own personal experience, there is nothing in the creative law of mind that says we can't use it to heal the collective. You and I, we know the power of changing your thinking, changing your life. Now we get to apply that same philosophy to the health and well-being of our world. Like these are the, this is the philosophy and the practices that we need to apply to heal global issues. And there are plenty right now, <laughs> kind of a, a lot. And Dr. Ernest Holmes, he also taught that, that spirit can do for us only what it can do through us. This means that while we do our prayer work, we also are actively involved in the evolution of our consciousness. And you might've heard this phrase, treat and move your feet. And this means to start your day with prayer and then feel your day with thoughts, words, intentions, and actions that support your purpose and your intention. So when it comes to social change, Dr. King provided us with some very powerful steps for how to engage with social change. And while these steps are within the context of, you know, huge political, economic, you know, country-sized problems like segregation in the United States, right? They also apply to what you and I can do individually and as a community to um, make social change. And it, so it's huge, but it's also small. It is, and everything in between. So for example, next week is Thanksgiving here in Canada. And I'm just curious, you know, how many of you are faced with the dilemma of gathering with both vaccinated and unvaccinated family members? I know I am, I'm facing that issue. 
Um, and it's definitely something that we're talking about often um, because what do you do? How do you, how do you address that? How do you talk about it, right? So I wanted us to take a look today at Dr. King's six steps of nonviolent social change um, to see how it can apply to something as, as, as small, it's not small, but right, small, as small as like, how do you have conversations with your loved ones about being vaccinated? And also like these same steps apply to indigenous reconciliation, right? We just celebrated the very first Truth and Reconciliation Day in Canada this last Thursday. Right. So it, these steps apply to that level and they apply to the family table level. So I'm just going to pull up the 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 website is from the King Center. And the very first one, the first step in social change work is information gathering. And I'm just going to read it to you. To understand and articulate an issue, problem, or injustice facing a person, community, or institution, you must do research. You must investigate and gather all vital information from all sides of the argument so as to increase your understanding of the problem. And here's the key, listen to this part. You must become an expert on your opponent's position. What? you must become an expert on your opponent's position. Now this is radical. <laughs> and I wanna point out that this very first step in social change is asking you to listen and understand. Now, this isn't about changing your position. It's not about changing your mind on anything. It's, it's about understanding the person that you're in conflict with. It's about gathering information and understanding. Now, you know, when I think about having a conversation with my family members about this, that is not the first thing that comes to mind. The first thing that comes to mind is let me tell you why, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but what if you were to trade that in for just listening? What if you called them up and asked questions and just listened and just had that intention of listening to understand? Listening to understand is a spiritual practice that we need to strengthen because we often listen to argue or listen to debate or listen to prove wrong. But what would it be like for you to listen to understand and think about how that would think about how that could be applied in all these levels? What if you were just listening to understand your family member or friend? What if you were just listening to understand indigenous folks? So the second, the second principle for social change, according to the King Center, is Personal commitment. Oh, I skipped one. <laughs> Sorry, the second one is education. It is, and just reading from their website, it is essential to inform others 
including your opposition, about your issue. This minimizes understanding, misunderstandings, and gains you support and sympathy. Okay, so while the first step is listening, the second step is opening up and sharing. You might even need to do some research here so that you can educate yourself and others about the issue that you're facing. So what data is available? And, and when you do your own research and when you're educating folks, I want you to hold it lightly. You, you gotta remember that this isn't about, you're not trying to convince this other person to, to, to do what you want them to do, as tempting as that is. It's not really about that. It's not really, while it is about their behavior or action or how we're showing up, it's not just about controlling their behavior. You want to inspire change because somebody understands and gets to that change on their own because they care, right? So you have to remember here, you're not trying to convince, you're trying to connect. You're not trying to convince, you're trying to connect. And that leads us right into this third one, which is personal commitment. So daily, check and affirm your faith in the philosophy and methods of nonviolence, eliminate hidden motives and prepare yourself to accept suffering if necessary in your work for justice. This, this part is really about staying in alignment with your values and intentions and to really like check your motives. Maybe you are really trying to convince and change them. And is that the best way to navigate this? And what are you willing to give up in pursuit of justice? We don't often think about this within our particular spiritual principles and philosophy. But what are you willing to give up for the betterment of this communal we? It's an interesting question. What are you willing to give up for truth and reconciliation? I just, I hadn't thought about it before today. So the fourth principle of social change is negotiation. From the King Center, using grace, humor, and intelligence, confront the other party with a list of injustices and a plan for addressing and resolving these injustices. Look for what is positive in every action and statement the opposition makes. Do not seek to humiliate the opponent, but to call forth the good in the opponent. Wow. I mean, this is about being direct and kind, candid and compassionate. So what constructive ideas do you have about addressing and resolving the injustices? Or maybe it's just the conflict in your family. But what constructive ideas do you have? 
you know, we have to remember that this isn't about complaining or condemning. And, and how, how does this unfold when you're looking for the good in the person who's sitting across the table from you, the person who's sitting across the issue from you? How does that change when you're looking for the good in them? And think about this on the flip side. What if someone is coming to you and telling you about an injustice that has happened to them? Are you listening to that or are you defending it or defending yourself? So this could really change kind of how we negotiate how we negotiate in general and also but how we compromise how we receive feedback how we listen to one another and you know this leads right into the fifth one which is direct action and these are actions taken when when the opponent is unwilling to enter into or remain in discussion or negotiation these actions impose a creative tension into the conflict supplying moral pressure on your opponent to work with you in resolving the injustice. So within the context of social change on a macro level, this step might include demonstrating or boycotting, right? Those are, create, those are like the creative tension that creates moral pressure for people or organizations or governments to change. Right, but how how might this play out in our own personal walk? Well, I just want you to think about setting a boundary. What boundary do you need to set? And not just need to set, but what boundary do you need to follow through with? That's, you know, well, they're both kind of difficult, but we can create a new story about that. We can reframe boundaries as simply agreements we make so that we can connect in a healthy, safe manner for both of us, not just for one of us, but for both of us. And this final one is reconciliation. Nonviolence seeks friendship and understanding with the opponent. Nonviolence does not seek to defeat the opponent. Nonviolence is directed against evil systems, forces, oppressive policies, unjust acts, but not against persons. Through reasoned compromise, both sides resolve the injustice with a plan of action. Each act of reconciliation is one step closer to the beloved community. Now, we don't use the concept of evil in our philosophy because we believe there's only one power in the universe. And on the level of spirit, that power is only for good, with a capital G. As humans, we have free will. This means that we can take this one power and we can use it constructively or destructively. So we can change the language of this one and see that nonviolence is directed against destructive systems. 
destructive forces, oppressive policies, etc. Right. And I think if we really look at the crux of this, we see that this last step of reconciliation is about seeking friendship and both sides making a plan of action. Even just like we just had an election here in Canada, right? Even, you know, what kind of thoughts are you thinking when you're thinking about the person you didn't vote for or the party you didn't vote for? What have you thought about them as like, I want to seek friendship so that we both can make a plan of action that supports our country and our well-being and our communities? Like that is vastly different than how I normally think about my, the, the parties that I don't vote for. Right. So while we tend to think of, no, this is a spiritual realm and that's a political realm or that's an economic realm or that's a government realm or social realm, while we tend to think of them as different and they do have their different aspects to them. There is one consciousness and one power that is going to heal all of them. And I personally felt transformed just by reading these six steps for social change. And I hope that they inspire you and support you too. This is our opportunity to actively participate in creating the beloved community by being the divine community. We get to add our unique approach, faith and philosophy and each one of us is an expression of wholeness that brings a unique healing presence to the world. Whether that world is one person, two people, three people, or three million people, or the entire globe, right? So in summary, these, these principles for social change by Dr. King and the King Center, they're asking you to be informed educate yourself and others, stay in alignment with your values and intentions, be direct and compassionate, take action, seek friendship and understanding, while also creating a joint plan of action and compromise so that resolution and reconciliation are realized. Yes. That is spiritual principle in action. And so I wanna to close today with a quote from The Magic of the Soul by Patrick Harbula. This is a text we're reading for the current class I'm teaching, The Journey of the Soul. And he said something that I know just ties in with this so well. He said, since we are all one beyond the level of the physical plane, we help ourselves when we assist others. We assist others when we help ourselves. At the level of soul, I am you, you are me. We are one in eternity. And so it is. And so let's take a moment to anchor this in prayer treatment. I invite you to turn within and take that breath. And just recognizing, 
that there is one creative power in the universe that is absolutely for the highest and best of each one of us, individually, collectively, on all levels. This flow of divine love and power and grace, it is fueling everyone and everything. And so knowing that it is fueling me, I remember that it is absolutely fueling each one listening to this prayer right now. That this divine presence of infinite possibility of creative good, of such grace that it is guiding each one of us to realize not only our individual purpose, but the purpose of our family, the purpose of our communities, the purpose of our province, our country, our world. Each one of us is a vital part of the realization of peace, of love, of spiritual truth. And I just celebrate each and every being where they're at right now. I recognize that a greater truth is becoming known and that, that the love of the divine is moving each one of us into this expanded expression of connection, of compromise, of community. And I am so grateful to remember that the, the truth of our being is harmony, harmony in the body, in the mind, in the soul, in the family, in each and every group of people. I know that this is the truth that is wanting to be known and that each one of us is guided in our own specific, unique way to that realization. And so I simply give such thanks and I surrender to this truth. I let it have me, use me. And I give myself to this truth knowing that this dedication of knowing a vibrant, loving world that works for all, that it brings each and every one of us peace, love, and the connection and belonging that we all desire. Knowing this is already done in the mind of God, I release my words into that perfect expression of truth. I let it be, and so it is. And so it is. Wow. Thank you again, Reverend Cassandra. Very powerful prayer today. So now this is the time in our gathering that we um, have a moment to acknowledge. And if we've had any spiritual benefit for yourself towards a time that we can give and be in practice, spiritual practice, um, with Janet talking earlier about our donations that we were able to make. And now is time that if you feel fed and that you can donate here through us. So we're going to put up, I believe, a slide because we are a, a, a center that we create sacred opportunities for personal empowerment and collective transformation for the wholehearted experiences of truth and spirit. And if you were inspired by today's music and message, as well as our weekly and monthly programs, we greatly receive your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings. You can donate on our website at www.csl-whiterock.com donate. Mail us a check or send us an e-transfer. Gifts of all sizes are helpful and your contributions make all of this possible. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. 
So I'd like to take a moment and ask you all to join me in declaring our prosperity affirmation. And that is divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is.